Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? Welcome. For, thanks for joining us online here today. You know, it's incredible to think about. There's people watching this uh, from all over the country, even some people from outside our country. So I just want to say uh, welcome. So glad to have you. Well, why is it that we're watching this online? Well, it's because we're all stuck, aren't we? We're all stuck at home because of this whole virus thing. I'm stuck in this auditorium with nobody in here except a couple people out there. And it's just not as cool and great when when there's only a couple other people laughing at my amazing jokes. So I'm going to need you to laugh loud today so I can hear you from your homes. You know, we're all stuck in some capacity right now, aren't we? We're stuck in a, maybe for some of us, a place of uncertainty. For some of us, we're stuck in some bad circumstances. For some of us, we're stuck in, in bad relationships, perhaps. Maybe some of us are stuck without a job, or, or we're stuck in, in our bad health, or we're just maybe stuck home alone. Some of you recently went on a spending spree, and now you are stuck with a whole bunch of toilet paper that's going to last you for a couple of years, right? I mean, this whole toilet paper apocalypse clearly isn't happening. There's plenty of it. But the question is, how do you act and how do you react when you are stuck in your circumstances? What kind of attitude should you and I have? Last week, we looked at the Apostle Paul who was stuck in jail and he was awaiting possible execution. How did he act and how did he react in his situation? What was his attitude? I can tell you this. His attitude is an attitude I want. His perspective is a perspective I want when I'm stuck in my circumstances. I want to be like Paul because he leveraged being stuck not only for his own benefit, but for the benefit of the kingdom of God. And what's so incredible is that Paul's circumstances, they never robbed him of his joy. He was stuck in his circumstances but he wasn't stuck in his attitude. And so he was able to experience the joy of the Lord that powerfully transcended his awful circumstances. So how was the joy of the Lord able to be Paul's strength? That verse in Nehemiah 8.10. How did he experience joy while still being stuck in prison? Last week, what we saw was, we saw together that that the key to experiencing joy while stuck in our circumstances is that we would be thankful, that we would be thankful. Paul said this in Philippians chapter 1, verse 3, he said, I thank my God every time I what? Say that out loud, no matter where you're listening or watching. I thank my God every time I remember you, right? He remembered them. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with what? Say it out loud. I pray with, right? I pray with joy. The way you get through this, whatever you may feel right now, however you may feel that you are stuck, the way you get through it is to be thankful. Paul said, I thank my God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, Give thanks. In how many circumstances? In all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 says, Be thankful. Do you want to experience the joy of the Lord? 
The Bible says, man, you got to be thankful. you got to give thanks. We need to give thanks to God. But not only give thanks to God, but how about we also give out thanks to others? How about we start giving out some thanks to other people? You know, I've been walking through my neighborhoods uh, lately because of all that's happening. And, and during this season, I've just found a few creative ways that people have been giving out thanks to others. This first one's going to show up on your screen there. And notice what it says. Uh, one, a, a small child wrote this. Thank you, Mr. Postman. And they put it, notice how they put it right below the mailbox so the postperson will, will be able to see that. I just think that's so cool that somebody wrote that. This next one took a whole lot of effort, and, and, and I like this one as well. And you'll notice on your screen, thank you, essential workers. They put that on the garage. I mean, that took some effort. That, and, and I keep walking by there. That's still up to this day. Those people are giving out thanks to others. Uh, you know, I walk by Costco most mornings right now, uh, primarily just to see how long the lines are. You know, I love seeing Adam out there. Adam attends our church. He works for Costco. And he is out there with an incredible attitude. He's always got a smile on his face. He's wiping down the carts for us and keeping them clean. He's creating an atmosphere of joy just all around him. And man, that's so awesome. And so Adam, I want to say, man, thank you. Thank you for being a light and the light of Jesus to the customers. Man, I also want to say thank you to all of you who have been able to be, you know, continue your financial generosity to God through LifePoint. You know, in this season right now, churches have been experiencing anywhere from a 15 to 50% drop in their offerings. Really, it's true. It's causing churches to have to cut staff and reduce their ability to, to minister to people, to take care of people, to impact their community. I, I got to tell you, I, I've heard some of the stories, and it's been rough for a lot of churches. And while we here at LifePoint, we have seen a little bit of a drop in our offering, so many of you just continue to faithfully give, and, and even some of you are giving even more. So, you know, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness to God. Thank you for your continued generosity. You know, here at LifePoint, we want to keep meeting needs. And there's a lot of needs in our church right now, especially in this season. And we want to be able to meet those needs. And I think about our, our, our church plant, Unite Church. Just recently, their trailer was broken into. Over $100,000 worth of equipment was stolen. And they need that because they're a portable church and the insurance just came in and they're only going to recoup $75,000 of, of, of that money. And, and so that's a real blow to them. And we want to, as a church, figure out a way we can help them out a little bit. I also think about the gift of groceries uh, that we participate in with New Hope Church. An incredible ministry and many of you participate in that and we say thank you to that. Well, they just also had a break-in recently, and their, their gates were kind of destroyed and torn apart. And, and, I, and I hear that, and I go, man, we want to help out. We want to be able to be generous and, and help them because they need to be able to secure their facilities. So here's something I want you to consider. If you're able to help, 
uh, physically to help uh, rebuild those gates and do that, will you go online to our website and click on the Give Help, Get Help uh, tab and enter your information there. Say, hey, I'll help out. I'll help rebuild uh, those fences. We want to be able to do that as a church and really help them out. That's really needed. I talked to Ed this week, and they just don't have the people uh, to be able to do that or the skills to be able to do that. So if you're interested or you're willing to help out in that way, we'd love to rebuild that gate. Giving out thanks to others. What about you? Are you doing that? Are you giving out thanks to others? Are you giving out thanks to those delivery drivers who are working hard or to the mail drivers or the people? How about the people at Trader Joe's or Costco or Home Depot or Lowe's or others who are standing at the door? And how about you say thanks to them or the neighbor who's a health care worker and saying thanks to them or the grocery store clerk? Give out thanks to others. And if you'll do that, like Paul, you'll experience more and more and more the joy of the Lord. Paul was stuck in jail, but he wasn't stuck in his attitude. He experienced the joy of the Lord because he not only gave thanks, but he was living his life from an eternal perspective. Now, what does that mean? You see, when you and I have an eternal perspective, you see your circumstances as opportunities for God's purposes. You see your circumstances as an opportunity for, for, for God's purposes. Philippians chapter 1, that's where we're going to be today because we've been in this letter that Paul wrote to the Philippians. Philippians chapter 1, we're going to look at verse 12. And Paul says this to the Philippians. He says, what has happened to me? In other words, my circumstances, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Man, if you want to experience the joy of the Lord while, you're, while you are stuck, man, you've got to see your circumstances through a new set of lenses, through really like God lenses, so to speak, from an eternal perspective, having eternal priorities in mind in the midst of your problems. Now, I want to give you the backstory of this chain of events that led to this moment where Paul was able to say, what has happened to me? Uh, let me give you that backstory. It starts back in Acts chapter 21. In Acts chapter 21, Paul went to the city of Jerusalem to make an offering to the Lord at the temple. And rumors were flying around and spread that Paul had brought a Gentile into the temple area, which was forbidden. Well, a mob breaks out and Paul was severely beaten as a result. He would have died had the authorities not stepped in and actually, you know, arrested him officially. He was then sent up to Caesarea to stand trial as a Roman citizen. This last year, I actually had an opportunity to stand in the very place where Paul was in jail um, and, and just kind of have that moment and thinking about what it must have been like for him for two years because he was held there for two years without bail and without getting a trial. I mean, you talk about, that's no speedy trial there. He was stuck. He barely avoided being murdered by a group of 40 Sicarii or dagger men who had vowed that they would not eat or drink until they killed him. Eventually, Paul was put on a boat with other prisoners where they were, were shipped off to Rome. But then there was a violent storm that broke the boat apart. They almost all died. Those who survived, along with Paul as one of the people who survived, washed up on the shores of Malta. They had a fire going there, and, and then all of a sudden, out of that fire pit, a, a snake uh, basically jumped out and bit Paul. 
miraculously, he survived and he lived. Well, the prisoners eventually made their way to Rome. And there Paul was kept under house arrest now for another two years, awaiting trial before Caesar. During his time in prison, his opponents, which were many, they spread rumors about him. They attempted to destroy his reputation. They attempted to ruin his ministry and all that he had accomplished for God. So that's the background. That's the background story for Paul when he says, what has happened to me? But as he's now looking back, and as he's looking back through really God lenses, that he realizes everything has happened for a divinely ordained purpose. The false rumors, the riot, the beating, the arrest, two years of confinement, the accusations against his name, the shipwreck, the snake bite, and now even house arrest in Rome. He sees all of this as a part of God's plan to get him to Rome at precisely that moment in time in that specific situation where God wanted him to be. Listen, there can be purpose even in your pain. There can be purpose even in your pain. So what was the purpose for Paul? Why did God want to get him to Rome? Well, let's read the verse again. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. What does it say? Listen to Paul's perspective. He says this, What has happened to me? In other words, I may be stuck in my circumstances, but I'm not stuck in my attitude. What has happened to me has really served to what? What's the word? Say it out loud. What has served to, right? Advance the gospel. Now, that word advance is a military term that refers to the movement of an army into enemy territory. Paul is saying that his imprisonment, which seemed like a setback to his ministry of planting churches, that's what Paul was, he was a church planner, it actually served to advance the gospel in Rome. I want you to think about that for a moment. The gospel message was taken right into the heart of enemy territory, to the seat of power and authority. I mean, convert Rome, and you convert the known world. In fact, around 250 years later, the emperor Constantine declared Christianity to be the official religion of the Roman Empire. And to think that that all started with Paul being stuck in prison. Thankfully, Paul saw his circumstances as an opportunity to advance God's purposes into enemy territory. Listen, every one of you has problems. Some of you have problems that are small. Some of you have problems that are really, really big right now. The issue isn't the problem, it's how you look at the problem. The issue isn't the circumstance or circumstances, but how you look at the circumstances. And because Paul had this eternal perspective, he saw his problem, his imprisonment, as an opportunity. Paul saw his problem, his imprisonment, as an opportunity. And my question to you is, do you see your issues, your problems, your challenges, your situations? Do you see those as opportunities? So how did the gospel advance? How did it actually, as the message translation said, how did it actually prosper? 
Well, Philippians chapter 1, let's go to the next verse, verse 13. Notice what he says. He says, as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains because I was tired of kosher food. No, that's not what it said, is it? I'm in chains because I lost my job. No, that's not what it says. I'm in chains because the government shut down our country. No, 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 he doesn't say that. I'm in chains. Why? I'm in chains for Christ. As a result, in other words, because of everything that has happened to me, because of my willingness to see through the right lenses, through God lenses, because I have an eternal perspective, it's clear. Paul's saying there's no confusion. There's no wondering here. There's no inferring. It's clear. I'm only here for one reason. I'm here because I love Jesus. I'm here because I follow Jesus, that I serve Jesus, that I worship Jesus. I'm in chains for Jesus. You see, circumstance doesn't matter to Paul because he has an eternal perspective. For, for Paul, circumstances are opportunities. God, thank you. God, thank you. Again, he has the attitude of thanks. Thank you for putting me in chains. Thank you for using this God to get me to Rome, to the height of imperial palace. This is uh, imperial power. This is awesome, God. I couldn't have created this or come up with it myself. What was the opportunity Paul had that resulted in the entire palace guard knowing he was chain, in chains for Christ? What was that opportunity? Well, Paul's circumstances were such that he was attached to an 18-inch chain to a, to a Roman soldier, to a member of the elite palace guard. This elite palace guard was created by Caesar, some 70, Caesar Augustus some 70 years prior. They numbered about 10,000 people in Paul's day, and they were paid double to triple the normal wage, and they served 12 years as opposed to 25 years that the ordinary, regular Roman legionnaires served. Well, after serving their 12 years, most of them retired extremely wealthy. They lived in and around Rome. This group, this Praetorian Guard, were some of the most important and influential people in Rome at the time. Huh, that's interesting. That God took his best man, Paul, had him unjustly arrested, had him sent to Rome where he's put in prison and chained to a member of this Praetorian Guard, this palace guard, 24 hours a day. Now, I want you to think about this. They changed the guard every six hours. So this meant Paul had a new audience four times a day, 28 times a week, 2,900 times over two years. And even though Paul was stuck in his circumstances, Paul wasn't stuck in his attitude. He saw a purpose in his imprisonment. He saw purpose in his pain. And because he had an eternal perspective, he had priorities that were eternal. So he leveraged his imprisonment for the glory of Almighty God. He leveraged his circumstances for the glory of God. That's why Paul could say that the news about Jesus had spread through the entire palace guard. Paul got the opportunity to share his story with hundreds, if not thousands of people during his confinement. In other words, he wasn't chained to the guards. The guards were chained to him, right? 
He wasn't chained to them. They were chained to him. In other words, he wasn't stuck with them. They were stuck with him. And they had to listen to him. What about you? What about you? How are you leveraging your current situation, your current circumstances that you find yourself stuck in, whatever it may be, how are you leveraging that for the glory of God? I really want you to think about that right now. Whatever you find yourself in today, how are you leveraging that for God, for His good purposes? You have an opportunity of a lifetime right now to make an eternal impact. And if you will leverage your circumstances for God's purposes, you will find yourself starting to experience the joy of the Lord more and more and more in increasing measure in your life. So what does that look like for you right now, today? What does it look like for you? Maybe you need to open your eyes to the opportunities God's put right in front of your face. Maybe for some of you, this is a time of prayer. And you need to begin to pray and say, God, help me to see what you're seeing. God, I'm not seeing it right now, but I want to see how you want to use my circumstances, my situations that I'm stuck in. God, help me to see how you can use that in me and through me for your glory. God wants to use you. He wants to use you today. So, what was the result of this Praetorian Guard, this, this, this group that is closest to Caesar and his family? What was the result of this group of people being chained to Paul? To be stuck with Paul, so to speak. To be stuck on Paul duty for two years. Here's what I want to do. I want you to turn over to Philippians chapter 4. And this verse that we're going to look at is one of those uh, put a smile on your face verses. It's, it's my favorite put a smile on my face verse in all the Bible. Just because I know and now you know this whole story. So let's look at this together. Philippians chapter 4 verse 21. Paul again, Paul is writing to the Philippians. He's stuck in jail in Rome. He's writing this letter to the Philippians and he says this. Philippians 4 verse 21. Greet all the saints in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send greetings. Verse 22, here it is. All the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to what? Especially those who belong to, say it out loud, who belong to who? To Caesar's household. Not only did they know about Jesus because of Paul, Many of those in Caesar's household, many of those in the Praetorian Guard, they came to faith in Jesus, including Caesar's own family. I mean, praise God. How incredible is that? How is that possible? Simple. If you will choose to live your life with an eternal perspective, all your circumstances, all of them, become tremendous opportunities. Live with an eternal perspective with eternal priorities, in every circumstance you find yourself in, anything you're stuck in, no matter what you're going through, they become opportunities. Your life can take on a whole new level and meaning of purpose. Somebody might get saved because you are stuck. Let me say it again. Somebody might get saved because you are stuck. Let me hear an amen right now. Hey, if you're out here right now, let me hear an amen. Just with a couple of you, all of you online right there. Hopefully you're chatting with us online. Put an amen. Put an amen. Write it out. Somebody might get saved because you are stuck. Somebody might get blessed because you are bound at home. 
There's another one. Write that. Write it down online. Somebody might get blessed because you're bound at home. You may be stuck in your circumstances, but you don't have to be stuck in your actions and your attitudes. Somebody might get saved because you're stuck in your circumstances. Somebody might get blessed. Why? Because you're bound at home in your circumstances. In the Old Testament, there's this story of a man named Joseph. Really, he was a boy at the time whose brothers sold him to traveling slave owners who then sold him to Pharaoh in Egypt. It's a huge story. Many of you, some of you, maybe many of you know some portions of it. I'm not going to go into all the details. Joseph's life was one pitfall after another. One bad circumstance after another where he found himself stuck in horrible, awful situations. But how did he act and how did he react? He was stuck in his circumstances, but Joseph wasn't stuck in his attitude. So he chose to be faithful to God no matter what circumstances he found himself in. Well, later in life, through a whole bunch of events, he found himself to be the number two man in charge of all of Egypt. His brothers, who decades earlier had sold him into slavery, they end up traveling to Egypt because there was a famine in the land of Israel, and they needed help, and they were looking for food. So there they are, and they're standing before this individual who's the number two in charge of all the country of Egypt, and they come to realize, oh my goodness, that's our brother Joseph that we sold into slavery. Joseph would have been justified in punishing them for taking away his life, for taking him away from his his dad whom he loved dearly. But like like Paul, Joseph had an eternal perspective. So he was able to see all this, you know, on the surface awful circumstances. He was able to see it through eternal lenses. He saw his circumstances as opportunities. And in a very famous verse, he said to his brothers, and this is Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. He said this to his brothers. He said, you guys intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. And what is being done? The saving of many lives. Listen, this coronavirus intends to harm us. But God intends to use it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Listen, I'm definitely not trying to minimize the pain or the loss or even the death that this has caused and created. But I know God's sovereign. And because I know God is sovereign, I know that God can use anything to accomplish his purposes. And in this case, to save many lives. I just want to give you one example of how this is happening. Life Church, who provides the YouVersion Bible app for free to the entire world that we use every single week, they also have an online platform that churches use so that they can stream their services, just like we're doing right now. Uh, before this virus started, uh, uh, you know, a month or so ago, they had about 2,000 churches around the world using that platform. Well, now, as a result of all that's happened and people needed to jump online and have a way to be able to stream their services, they now have over 22,000 churches using what they provide for free. Well, that's, that's a resource drain on them, and they've had to reallocate hundreds of thousands, even millions of dollars, and they just generously provide that to churches. 
There's over 22,000 churches now using that. Now, just through those 22,000 churches alone, since this virus has started, over 150,000 people have given their life to Jesus Christ. I want you to hear that again. Just through these 22,000 churches, over 150,000 people have given their life to Christ in this last month. I mean, that's something to celebrate. That's something to praise God for. That's something to put our hands together and clap and to shout and to be thankful and say, praise you, God. The virus intends to harm and kill. But what is God doing? Genesis 50. God is saving many lives. God is saving many lives. And that's just one online platform. There's many, many, many other platforms. How many hundreds of thousands, if not millions, are being saved in the midst of our awful circumstances? Because Joseph had an eternal perspective, he didn't see himself stuck in Egypt for decades, away from his family, away from his friends, He didn't focus on how awful his circumstances were. No, he realized something. He realized God was working in his life. God was moving. God was acting. I mean, how is it possible that he went from being in jail in Egypt? Again, it's a big story. How did he go from that point to being number two in Egypt? How is that possible? God was acting through him. So God used Joseph to bring all his family into Egypt. God used him to save them. God used him as a way to be able to then reconcile with his brothers, as a way to bring his father who he loved dearly into a new place and to set them up with a good life as long as the next pharaohs remembered Joseph. Like Paul and like Joseph, if you can see your situation If you can see your circumstances with an eternal perspective, no matter how painful it might be, and the reality is for some of you, it might be really painful right now. But if you can see it, your circumstances or your situation with an eternal perspective, God can use you to advance his purposes in your life, in your family's life, and in the lives of those whom you have connection with and influence with whether friends, whether people uh, on your street, neighbors, whether people you work with, whoever it may be, God can use you to accomplish his good purposes. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, the next chapter, Paul says it this way, it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to what? In order to fulfill his, what's the word say? To fulfill his good purpose. Here's the reality. You are not stuck. And this series is called Stuck, and we're asking the question, what do you do when you're stuck? How do you act? How do you react? You know, the reality is you're not stuck. You're exactly where God wants you to be. Why don't you write out an amen to that right now? You're not stuck. You're exactly where God wants you to be. It may not be what you would have chosen, You may not have chosen your circumstances, but the question is, how are you going to act and how are you going to react in your current circumstances? How about this? How about you start seeing your situation, your circumstances, as the opportunity of a lifetime to fulfill God's purposes? This is an opportunity of a lifetime that you have right now in your circumstances 
to fulfill God's purposes in your life and in the lives of those that you have influence with. And if you do that, if you see what you're going through, no matter how you feel, no matter how difficult it is, if you begin to leverage that for God's kingdom, for God's glory, you'll experience more and more and more of this joy that Paul talks about that he exudes throughout this letter to the Philippians. That's God's great desire for you. He wants to use you. He wants to use you to fulfill his good purposes. He wants you to experience his joy, the joy of the Lord, which the Bible says is our strength. You need some strength right now? Turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior. Maybe for some of you, this will be the first time you ever do that. I want to invite you in this moment to pray with me. To say, man, I want to get right with God. I want, to, I want to have the joy of the Lord. I want to be able to be in my circumstances and have this heavenly perspective and that God can actually use me and that there can even be purpose, maybe even this pain that I'm in. If you want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to invite you right now to pray with me, to give your life to Him. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, Almighty God, we come before you right now. God, hearing how you worked in Paul's life, how you worked in Joseph's life, and how these two individuals, because they had this relationship with you, this connection to you, because they saw their circumstances, God, not for being awful, but they saw them as opportunities for you to fulfill your purpose. God, because of that, we sit here this morning or this afternoon or whenever we're listening, we're encouraged. But God, I imagine there's some here this right now who just don't know you. They're listening to this. They're watching this. You're not their Lord and you're not their Savior, but God, they're here right now and they're ready. They're ready to surrender their life, to give their life to you. They want to know the joy of the Lord. And if that's you right now, I'm just going to ask that you pray with me. It's not the exact words, but it's more you'd mean it in your heart. Would you pray something like this right now? Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I come before you now and I want to receive your gift of eternal life. And so I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died and that you rose from the dead. And so as best as I know how, Jesus, I just invite you into my life to be my Lord, to be my Savior. And I'm choosing right now to no longer live for myself, but I want to live for you. And I want to live for your purposes in my life. And so God, I surrender my life to you. Would you take it? Would you use it for your glory? Fill me with your joy. I pray this in Jesus' name. God, hear these prayers. As more and more people come to faith in Jesus Christ, God, those of us who have a faith in you are ready. I pray, God, that this message you have spoken to us today, God, I pray that it just gets so deep into our soul and that, God, no matter what we're going through, we will use it for your good purposes. I ask for this and I pray for this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.